and welcome to your favorite Wednesday night podcast, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society. And tonight we are bringing you the Baba Duke. The Baba Duke, Duke, Duke. Have you seen the movie? I have. Did you watch I just it today? Watched it today. I did. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It is, it's really, really good. It's sad, but it's good. Um, I it's I like very it. sad. Yeah. Like I I, I kind of wonder if that kid, even the actor is going to have like trauma that he's going to have to deal with, like because. He literally had to imagine all of that stuff and get into character. And at that young of an age, I just, I wonder if it's too much for kids, you know, I hope, hopefully they do something or they record it in a way that makes the kids feel safe. Well, from what I was reading, it did. So everybody grab your favorite Wubby your bestest, most wonderful snuggle buddy, whether that be a squishmallow, your oldest and dearest stuffed animal from childhood, or a significant other. And uh, grab those snick snacks and snuggle in for story time because we're going to get into this Babadook, how it came to life. And now that it is a supernatural creature has it been brought to life by this movie or is it based off of something that is old ancient and from many different cultures that's what we're going to get into tonight if you haven't seen the movie it is sad it's very very sad and it it will get you into your feels like hardcore, especially if you're a parent. If you are a parent, it's going to kick you right in the feel balls. Because that's what it did to me. It kicked me right in yeah. the feel balls. So, um, yeah, that was, there were some rough parts there. Yeah, there's absolutely some rough parts, but it's genius because it's scary and emotional and the way that you get sucked into the story there's so many different levels that you can relate to there's the mom uh she's a single mother her husband died in a car accident as they were trying to get to the hospital because she was in labor so it's her and her son and so grieving single mother postpartum depression, anxiety, and then she's got this wonderful child who is extremely intelligent, um, could be on the spectrum. I'm not sure. He seems to be on the spectrum, he, but they never mention it in the picks, Yeah, he definitely picks up on extrasensory stuff, for sure. And he's so smart. The weapons that he creates on his own while he's like performing for his like he's performing for his father okay in the bear house and like we said his his father passed away so he never actually got to meet his dad um But then you get to this point where you're seeing him performing as a magician because he has this obsession with magic and he, he gets it 
Like he understands how to make magic oh, and yeah, magic tricks. Good. Exactly. Yeah, like that. The pigeon when he pulls, like he does the pigeon at the end of the movie for his mom. Right. Of course, Incredible. no spoilers or anything. <laughs> For those who haven't seen yeah. the movie, yeah. but but yes, he's very good at sleight of hand. He is, but yeah, no, this, very good at, um, at sleight of hand. The movie was good. It's Babadook is basically the embodiment of grief, anxiety, and depression. So it's almost kind of like a tulpa in in the respects of. You know, enough people believing in it or seeing it, and then it essentially manifesting and coming to life based on um, kind of a mass thought creation, I guess. I it's tulpas are really weird, but there's there's a lot of interesting information about them uh, all throughout history. In regards to different gods that exist, um, different spiritual, physical beings, and tulpas can literally create an entire life of their own. And they can be manifest in, you know, in reality, like, say, Slender Man, or they could just be a figment of your imagination, almost like a like a separate entity living in your head, like, you know, the different personalities and whatnot. So it's, it's interesting the different aspects of how a tulpa can be perceived. And the Babadook, I think is kind of like that where it's takes on the, the appearance of whatever that person is, you know, grieving for or you know has a fear of or something like that so that it can be used against you at least that's how i took it i took it the same way i the way that they presented the the babadook you can't you only get glimpses and like outlines of right. this creature Okay, and the more that the more afraid you are, the more anxious you are, the more depressed you are, the bigger and meaner it gets because it feeds off of that negative feeling and that negative energy. And then it separates you. It isolates you like depression. It isolates you from your friends, from your family. It takes you out of your everyday life. And right. it's like, um, have you seen that movie? Um, crap, it's an old Japanese horror movie. And I say old, but it was probably 2002 to 2004. He was a photographer. And um, he pictures of this woman who ended up like falling in love with him and he was in a relationship he was happy and he ended she ended up like ending her life and became that obsession with him like continued into the afterlife and she ended up like attaching herself to his back that's how hauntings happen 
Right. Well, that's that was her spirit. Her spirit was like attached to him, like his back, his shoulders, his neck, and it was like physically manifesting on him. Um, neck pain, shoulder pain, constant headaches, and the only way he could tell that she was even on him is by taking his own photograph because she only showed oh, wow. up in photographs. I cannot remember the name of that movie, but it was so good. So that almost sounds like something that. I've actually seen other people that can like perceive those type of entities on people. And mm-hmm. I mean, like this person was like, like one girl was complaining that she had shoulder pain and everything. And he was like, Oh, well that's because you have an entity resting on your shoulder. If you add extra weight, your muscles have to compensate. That's why. And whether you can see it or not, it's manifesting there. So you need to get rid of that. And so they went through the process of getting rid of it. And as soon as he was like, yep, it's gone now. She was like, that feels so much better. It feels like the weight is gone. So yeah, I, I think that's like a legit actual thing. Yeah, I do too. But she she's much like the, the Babadook in this. She yeah. was feeding off of him and his and his energy, much like the Babadook does with the mother in this movie. Now let me read you a brief description on the Babadook or also known as the Mr. Babadook. And um, then we can continue on because I found the story that if you haven't seen the movie, um, there's a pop-up book and it's the story of the Babadook. And I found the little poem that is read. And if supposedly if you read the poem or the pop-up book, it manifests or summons the the Babadook into your life. So be prepared. See, if you don't want to hear it, skip out for about... Right? Why would anybody read that? (laughs) Well, I'm going to read it. So um, if you don't want to hear it, you could pop out for about five minutes or skip ahead. Um, So I'm going to read that after I read this description right here. The Babadook most generally appears as a towering, shadowy boogeyman wearing a black coat and hat with long, claw-like hands and a pale, frightening face. The Babadook haunts whomever reads its poem and hides inside a pop-up book that mysteriously appears in random homes. As its prey becomes more frightened, the Babadook becomes more monstrous. It demonstrated the ability of shape-shifting. The Babadook can take the form of any person, animal, or insect. The entity usually takes the form of a person that the victim was once involved with, have a history with, be it unpleasant or not. The Babadook uses this method as a manipulation of the victim's emotions to where it took the form of a single mother's deceased husband and convinces her to offer it her son in order to devour him. So they <laughs> that's the gist of it, right? Then you have the overview, which is it is said to haunt those who would be foolish enough to read a pop-up book disguised as a children's book that talks about it while believed to be a spirit or demon, the Babadook is merely a tulpa. 
a thought form which can manifest in plane of reality due to the amount of fear and belief in its existence. So if you don't believe in it, if you don't believe the poem or the pop-up book or the story, uh, you should be fine. And if you're in a pretty good mental state too, so and I'm and I say that jokingly, but how many of us are in a pretty good stable mental state in our day to day lives? Because okay. um, I'm not. I am known. I, I have better living through chemistry. How about you, Kelly? Better living through chemistry. I would say I have the same. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So we got the bet. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go any further. I don't think we need any more descriptions on uh, what better living through chemistry is. So uh, I'm gonna read. I mean, y'all get the gist. Y'all know what's going on. Um. Here's the little Babadook poem. Okay. So I'm I'm giving you a warning just in case you you don't want to hear it. Okay, I'm going to start now. Uh, The Babadook. If it's in a word or if it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. He wears a hat. He's tall and black. But that's how they describe him in his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. You better run, or he'll hold you in his locks. Bah, bah, bah. Duck, duck, duck. Your closet opens, and you're honestly hoping that he won't hear a sound. But that's when you know that he's around. The book close, you have an itch under your nose, and that's just how the story goes. So close your eyes and count to ten. Better hope you don't wake up again, because if it's in a word or if it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. You'll see him if you look. That's kind of creepy. Kind of creeps yeah, me that's out. Super little... creepy. <laughs> right. <laughs> supposed to be in a children's pop-up book yeah that's not okay, okay. for children i'm just saying and no it just magically appears in their home nobody knows how it got there and i'm gonna say that the the pop-up book looks really cool and i went searching for it and apparently it was Burton. only re- released and t- it is very tim burton the the art style is tim burton black and white very um larger than life characters and it's but so it's kind of adorable but really creepy at the same time and um it goes a little longer in the pop-up book but it's not an actual book like if you want the pop-up book you would have to have bought it in 2014 when the movie came out because it was a promotional thing or when they re-released it at the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 and everywhere i looked it was sold out like, oh, wow. I'm going to probably have to go to eBay to find this book. Yeah. Because um, honestly, I really want it. Because it's, if, again, if you watch the movie, it's a really cool looking book. The story, though, is creepy. It's yes. super creepy. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Babadook being a Tulpa, 
thought form manifest into a plane of reality, right? There are other things that are much like that, like uh, the boogeyman. That's a, yeah. So another really. Just to confirm uh, that book, if you really want it, it's $600 Mm -hmm. on eBay at the moment. So just FYI in case for those book hunters out there. Oh man. Didn't mean to that makes me sad. (laughs) Break your train of thought there, but uh (laughs) that's that's a pricey book. It is a pricey book. You burst in my bubble here. Was it big red? Did Big Red find it? Uh Uh-huh. You found it, didn't you? I knew it. Gosh, darn it. Now, in terms of this, like, tulpa, now, in the movie, I noticed a very insectoid theme to it, which made me think that it was some form of insect or some form of insect-like creature but in reality if it is in fact say like a tulpa then it can manifest as any creature uh that's just how it manifested Mm -hmm. for the movie so but i mean there are a bunch of uh different boogeyman type creatures out there and we're talking like from every corner of the globe all throughout history so I mean, this yeah. is, while the Babadook may be a tulpa that started with a movie or a book, it's, there's a lot, it's nothing new. There's, this is something that's been around for a long, long time. So it kind of leads, it gives some credence to the whole tulpa theory of, you know, you're telling your children this, impressionable children who literally have the ability to manifest thought forms. Like, the, you're telling the, the humans that are, have the most capability of manifesting thought forms about the most terrifying creatures to scare them into submission and obedience – Meanwhile, they are essentially creating these thought forms that then haunt the world. That's that's fantastic. I I, I feel like there, there's a, there's a, a sense of irony there. <laughs> yeah, there is a sense of irony there. There is nothing more powerful than a child's imagination. So right. I'm just gonna say that is super smart of right. said Mister Babduck. You you tell the children to fear these things, and then basically they manifest them into reality, and then that reality haunts the adults, which leads credence to the stories. Yep. So it's this vicious cycle yep. of Tulpa. Yep, yeah. and poof, now we have something new and frightening <laughs> Now <laughs> to be terrified of. Just to name a few of these, you know, international boogeymen, um, one of the ones that kind of stuck out for me was the Metminwi. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Metminwi? Haiti. Metminwi. 
Med Minwi. And it's from Haiti. And it doesn't say a whole lot. It just says that this Haitian boogeyman is described as a man with incredibly long legs who walks around towns at midnight to catch and eat anyone who is still outside. Uh, his name is a contraction of the French mass uh, fight. How do I say this? Maitri? Maitri? which is master or minuet, which is midnight. So, but he definitely kind of. It sounds like the Pied Piper. You know what? And that's another one. Like the, if, if anybody's ever read the story of the Pied Piper, that stuff, like that story is crazy. Like it's dark. Yeah. It's a, it's not happy go fun time. No, like they, those children are being like led out of the city. Like your kids are mine now. Like I'm just gonna go ahead and steal your children yeah. in front of you. Exactly, and there's nothing you can do about it because I'm I'm playing this pipe that's luring right. your children out, and it's also luring you into a nice little coma. So. <laughs> <laughs> Most nursery rhymes, most nursery rhymes I have come to uh, find out are just really dark and horrible and should have never been. (laughs) Again, though, they were essentially telling these nursery rhymes to children to scare them into submission and obedience. And, you know, it again manifests and then creates this whole thing in which you know we look back and go holy crap these things have been around all along well yeah because for as long as time you've been scaring the crap out of your children (laughs) stop scaring your children (laughs) good job parents perpetuating a cycle (laughs) not just perpetuating a cycle but you're making all of the bad all right? How about make some good things? Like, have them manifest some good beings. Jeez. Right? I'd like to have manifested some good beings. But why is fear so powerful? Like, Fear is the mind killer. There's as, like, uh, a book slash movie has quoted or has yeah. stated. Yes. So... Or the mind yeah. player. Right. Not a DMV. People know what that's from. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I know where that's from. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, like, fear is like for me, in order of like the strongest emotions for human beings, right? Because we're getting into the psychology of the thing here. The mo there's for me top five. Is like fear, anger, sorrow, frustration, and then love. Like that's like the top five emotions for me. And I don't because guilt's a a strong. I would say guilt is one as well. Yeah, at it because that's a strong one that can lead people down some really dark paths. It really is. It really is. I, you know, that's. They manifest in different ways and they affect your psyche. They do. But I mean, that's what's creating 
these monsters that are feeding off of your strong emotions, you know? So it's like, how do we make some positive emotions outweigh the negative emotions in our, you know, day to day so that we're not coming up and manifesting new and monstrous, horrific things to terrify us even more? And why is it such an addiction? Like, here we are with the whole podcast, right? Yeah. Talking about all the things that scare us. <laughs> I mean, exactly. We're talking all the, about all the things. All the creatures that we don't actually want to. Well, I mean, there's some that we probably wouldn't mind checking out, like, you know, unicorns and stuff. But yeah, we're talking about all these different, you know, beings and creatures that potentially wander our. We share a planet with. And. You know, these are all very scary things. You know, the the Wendy boy, the chupacabra, you know, the death worm, all of these things. Like, I don't want to stumble on, right? (laughs) I don't want to stumble across them either. But then, the cynocephali. Yeah. But these are things that I would like to, some of these things I want to meet, some of these things I want to see face to face, honestly, I'm going to be real honest with you. Like it's going to scare the high, holy bejeebus out of me, but, but hear me out. I feel like it would change the mundane of my life. You know, and I'm not saying that my life isn't interesting and wonderful and fun and exciting and all that stuff. But could you just imagine? It's like finding out that you can actually like levitate or something, right? That's life changing. You know, it, it just it changes like your, your, your outlook. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I want to meet. I want to see these things with my eyeballs. I want to lay my eyeballs on these things because it just feels like it would change my perception of my day-to-day life you know what i'm saying sure and i tried to kind of do some investigating in terms (laughs) of like how what was i gonna what was i gonna say uh how like these things pertain to say like multi-dimensional beings or you know if Say, like, you know, we've got the Tulpa theory. The other theory that I I was thinking of would be interdimensional beings, creatures from another plane of existence that, you know, by us, we're thinking about them, we're manifesting them, and we're essentially creating them in a different reality. And then essentially they just kind of hop skip across the border and right into our reality. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've got these creatures hunting in the cities and, you know, scaring kids at night or so I'm wondering if these are like lower dimensional beings are, are we creating in a different world? Like, and I don't mean to like, bake the noodle here but say we're our thoughts and our manifestations yes, <laughs> say our thoughts and our manifestations are unbeknownst to us creating a different reality what does that reality look like mm-hmm. you know as a yeah. 
as a global unit of seven, eight billion humans, if we're all capable of potentially creating another reality somewhere else, like what does that look like? Is our positivity feeding into that and making it look good, making it look like a place we'd want to live? Or is it a darker, much more nightmarish place? Which wolf do you want to feed kind of thing? Yeah, it's almost like a trade-off, like where there's this dimension that's full of horrible nightmares, and we're manifesting those nightmares into our reality and taking them out of theirs. And it's almost like we're trading our our happy-go-lucky thoughts, you know, our Tinkerbell thoughts. I'm clapping because I believe. (laughs) And and bringing in our, like, (laughs) bringing in our our worst nightmares. And, you know, some people's worst nightmares are not cryptids. They're not supernatural beings. And I I have said it before, and I'm going to say it again. And one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Nuke, of Nuke Norway, uh, Nuke's Top 5. I don't know if you guys watch them. You should. I, you should do it. I've, I've heard of him. I haven't but, watched the videos very much, but I do know of him. You should absolutely watch them. You should absolutely watch them. <laughs> they are amazing. He always says that the human beings are scarier than the supernatural beings. Because it's like, and I agree with him. I agree with him. The serial killers, the bad nasties, I'm not going to name all of them because then we won't be able to share this podcast. <laughs> but uh, you've got all the real life right here, right now. So you don't even know right. if you're standing next to one in the grocery store, right? But then you've got the unseen, and it's not so bad because you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, so you don't know that it's there. So and you're it's not, like it's not much, you know? Exactly. And then you've got like, the everyday spoops, the everyday frightening, you know, psychotic, not okay peoples, you know, that'll do the bad things to you. So I, I totally agree with that. I agree with that. The human beings are scarier. Humanity is scarier. <laughs> right. We have we have the potential to create wonderful, amazing things, but instead we we create darker, more scary things because it creates this dopamine rush that is exciting. I was just and about to say that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it creates this rush that, you know, people chase and just like anything else, the more you get accustomed to it, the more, you know, numb you get to it. And then all of a sudden you're having to create worse things and worse things. And it's a very, bad cycle to yeah, get into right it's like what like adrenaline case adrenaline dopamine ad- adrenaline junkies oh, yeah absolutely and all of yeah. those things feed into yeah, like, do, it, basic level emotions like those are you know fear that fight or flight those are instinctual emotions those are built into us so mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm no, I agree with you. Don't mean to get off topic, but I mean, it's kind of not off topic, but it's the same because whatever, but it's bacon on noodles because we're going into the deep psychology of it and it gets, 
it gets all sorts of twisted and I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. So I'm just mm-hmm. going off of my day to day stuff. And that's enough for me. <laughs> I don't want to take on anything else. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we've got the tulpas that are basically like thought demons. That's what I'm going to call them. They're thought demons that manifest because of your thoughts and fears and emotions. Right. And then you've got things like, the boogeyman. Right? Right. And with the boogeyman, and, and like, re- he's all over the place. Like, the place. he fits into he a couple different categories. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but do you know where he originated at? No, I was just going to say, do you know where the boogeyman originated? Um, I think it was in the 1500s, right? <laughs> Yeah, fifteen hundreds in England. Yeah, he's the AKA the Bogeyman, the Bogeyman, which is B I E or G I E instead of G E Y, and Boggy and Bugbear. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Funny mm-hmm. enough, uh, Bugbear. <laughs> Is a DND creature <laughs> again? Right. <laughs> again, you've got the characters and the spoops coming in from things that you didn't know originally existed. You've this one, the boogeyman is a shadowy, amorphous ghost who hides in dark places in order to frighten unsuspecting victims. He's considered more of a nuisance, though, than a danger. So. And he's easy to get rid of because you just have to shine some bright light at him and he's good to go. But, uh, yeah, the boogeyman originated in England and is much, much like the Babadook. Right. Fear. It's always... He eats the fear. He lives off of it. Right, but it's the fear. That one just happens to be the fear of the dark. Right. And then you've got the Egyptian one, the Abu Regal Masluka, uh, which translates to the man with the burned skin leg, which is also quite scary. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That literally translates to man with the burnt skinned leg. It's a very scary story that parents tell their children when they're be when they misbehave. The Abu Regal Masluka is a monster that got burned when he was a child because he did not listen to his parents. He grabs naughty children to cook them and eat them. So again, fear or control. Which seems to be like this seems to be a tale as old as time, literally. Like, why is it that we've always used fear to control children? <laughs> I don't under I don't get it. I don't either, man. I'm much more into the uh reasonable like, parenting want- style instead of the fear. Right? I want my kids to be fearless. What? I want my kids to like stand up and be like, uh, no. 
Exactly. Here's a funny one for you. Speaking of the different types of boogeymen and Babadooks, um, this guy is known as um, El Hombre del Saco. I hope I, I pronounced that correctly. Um, in English, he is the Sack Man. He is from Spain. Oh, and he is also used for fear. Now, here's this one is funny. It's funny only because of the name Sackman. But he's an ugly, gaunt man said to kidnap naughty children in broad daylight and carry them away in a sack. Depending on regional variants, he either sells the children or eats them. Why are we telling our children about things that are eating them? Like, you know, Hansel and Gretel. That's another one. The witch will cook Uh, you and eat you. (laughs) Right. And that, I think... (laughs) The Babadook. Right? Like, I thought the witch was Baba Yaga, which we've also talked about, but... Yeah. All of this, it all stems back to, like, fear and control. Uh, another one is the Buttesman. And scaring the living daylights out of your children. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the Buttesman was another one. It's from Germany. It's a faceless goblin or ghost shrouded in a cloak. He hides in dark corners under the bed or in the closet and attacks children who stay up past their bedtime. His name either comes from the Middle German, uh, Botzen, to make a racket, or verbutzen to conceal or disguise. So today he's most famous for the silly children's song. I'm not even going to try that, but it it translates to it dances the or it yeah it dances the biba bootsman. So, which was originally about a poltergeist with rattling bones and a Sith. <laughs> Right? Like, where do we come oh, with- yeah. There's Baba Yaga right there with the boogeyman. Uh-huh. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know where we come up with these things, but... Yeah. And as we mentioned when we did our podcast on Baba Yaga not too long ago, and if you haven't heard it, you can find it on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Um, she's slobbing. <laughs> Shameless plug. That's right. Shameless plug. Um, But she's from the Slavic countries. Baba Yaga is a witch, deep and powerful connection to the forest. She lives in a hut that stands on giant chicken legs, which was originally birch tree stumps. And um, it translates to old woman or the word for serpent, but sounds similar to the Polish witch and um, or the old horror and she also eats children. And it, you don't even have to be a bad child. You just have to be a displaced child, wandering in the forest child, playing in the dirt child, just wherever she uh, finds you. Dear her next, uh, her next yummy meal, her next uh, snick snack. So. Is every creature, that, every humanoid creature that's not actually human want to eat children? Like, why is that? <laughs> what is the obsession with eating children? 
I mean, in South America, the the bicho papau, the eating beast, like eats children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Guru Mapa, Guru Mapa from Nepal, is a man-eating giant with large protruding fangs, and he loves the taste of children. He can be reasoned with and today enjoys an annual tribute feast in exchange for not eating local kids. <laughs> reasoned with, eat him, not me. <laughs> the kids are shouting. Look <laughs> <laughs> over there. I mean, <laughs> he, he's worse I, than me. He kicks my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay, one that actually really creepy, and this gets into a little bit different aspect of it, is the Hat Man, which the Hat Man, kind of like the Boogeyman, shows up at night wearing a cloak and a hat, and all you see is the shadow, like you don't really see him but is usually associated with like sleep paralysis and stuff like that. Again, feeding off of the fear of, you know, us not being able to open our eyes, us not being able to speak, you know, in that sleep paralysis state, we can't, you can't do anything. Literally you are in the dark with your eyes closed and sometimes your brain creates these characters but the hat man is a shared phenomenon that actually like they've they have whole networks where like people can go to share their experiences with the hat man it's called the hat man project and i mean this is a thing where again is it a tulpa or is it is this an actual being that has crossed realms crossed boundaries kind of thing because I mean, these, like, especially in certain parts, like certain parts of the world, like in Laos, for example, uh, their fear of this hat man is so strong that it actually causes deaths. Like, for instance, in a four-year period from the late 1970s to the early 1980s, 18 Otherwise, healthy young uh, Hmong men uh, who had moved to the U.S. Uh, had died suddenly in their sleep. Over the next decade, nearly 100 more deaths followed, all with a similar profile. And when those from Thailand, the Philippines, Laos, uh, people who have come over to the U.S. and now live here – some of those people were questioned, and out of those cases, those, out of all those people who were questioned, 58% of them had said that they had experienced the visitation themselves. Now, they're still alive, but they they very much talk about it as this, you know, awake but asleep feeling and this guy with a hat visiting. So... Like, this is something that is very, very well known in, like, Thailand and Laos and, you know, in that region of the world. The Philippines, 
they call it the nightmare death syndrome. So it is a thing. Like this is now the hat man is really yeah, it's creepy because again, it's just a shadow. It comes in, preys on your fears, and then you know it's it can potentially even kill, apparently. So well I okay, so to go along with what you're talking about right now, okay, the hat man, mm-hmm. I have experienced sleep paralysis in my lifetime. And uh, most recent was last week. And oh, wow. everybody jokes about, you know, your sleep paralysis demon, right? The one that stands at the foot of your bed or is perched on your chest, you know, and you can't move. All you can do is just Suffocate. stare, right? Um. Yeah, or suffocate, or um, it's like that, or being afraid of, like, locked-in syndrome. Do you know what locked-in syndrome is? I don't. It's basically where your entire body is paralyzed, but you are still conscious. You still, your brain is healthy and good, but your body is completely locked. And you were locked into this... That happened to me one time in my life. And I, I want to say it was around 2009 that that happened. And now I did not see anything. I did not witness any beings or creatures or anything like that. But I was very much awake and I very much could not move, open my eyes, speak, nothing. Like my brain was there it was conscious but the rest of my body was like nah i'm i'm recharging i'm shut down for now so that like i never saw anything but i know a lot of people do i i have i have i am one of those unfortunates that can open my eyeballs (laughs) and i have done it i have opened my eyeballs and a majority of the time it's like seeing a shadow person um, and this is why I'm why I'm talking about it is because you brought up how it's just like the outline, like just a shadow. It's just a shadowy outline or a shadowy right. figure. It doesn't really have substance, right? Well, these have substance. That's why I'm I'm comparing it to sh- the shadow people. Um, it I couldn't tell before if it was wearing a hat or not, but I have had uh, two instances where it was the hat man. Like, (laughs) this is what's what's creeping me out because it's like almost like a collective subconscious um, Mm -hmm. that seems like, you know, like astral planning. It's a, it's a collective, you know, everybody can astral. Everybody goes to this dimension where you can run into each other, although you're, you look different, right? Um, I feel like it's this, uh, (laughs) right. It's like a subconscious internet or the interwebs. And we're all having encounters with this same race, this, or I want to say race, you know, of hatmet. And I feel like sometimes I feel like everybody is like assigned a hat man, you know, and he's always wearing a different type of hat for people. Sometimes it's a top hat or a page boy hat or a fedora, you know, but he's always wearing a hat 
and mine kind of his hat that he was wearing the outline of it almost seemed more like a um a cowboy hat because it was so wide brimmed and so big and very prominent and the most common that people see the wide brimmed hat it's creepy it's yeah the wide brimmed hat uh some people have even said that he's wearing a pilgrim hat i can't even remember actual like name of a pilgrim hat is but it you know the ones that are really big with the small brim and the big buckle you know right oh yeah yeah so i've had experiences with the hat man before but my sleep paralysis demon always seems to change it's either a shadow person or the hat man or a really twisted broken contorted woman who likes to instead of sit on the floor and be eye level with me like face to face eyeball to eyeball and that's not fun either so no 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 thanks hard it's it's no joke no joke it is horrifying every time i don't care who you are i don't care what you've been through every time it happens no matter how many times it happens you never get used to that you never get used to it happening Uh so yeah sleep paralysis is no joke now since we're on the topic of the hat man i guess now would actually be a good time to talk about the smiling man now the smiling man this is the the, what now? the smiling man now is that the one this where he's is just got this really big wide demented smile on his face and that's it yes and i think um, people have mentioned that, like, that's injured cold or something like that. But, uh, the smiling man is the title to this Reddit no sleep, uh, story. So, is this the story? Is this the story that you found? It is. So, if you oh, want, if everybody yeah, wants, I can read it. But it's up to you guys. Read it. Read All it. Right. Story time. Read it. Story time. Go for it. Let's Kelly. go. <laughs> okay. About five years ago, <laughs> I'm ready. I live downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all of that changed in just a few minutes one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. Uh, 
It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but when he finished each box with an odd forward stride, I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, his head tilted back slightly, looking up off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eye between the eyes and the smile, I decided between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smiling, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about a half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relief until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away for him, from him for more, no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him, and then he started moving towards me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point, I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen as the smiling man crept towards me. And then he stopped again about a car's length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. What I meant to ask was, what the F do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper, what the f***? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they certainly can hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started to dance walk away. Just like that. Not wanting to turn my back on him again, I just watched him go until he was far enough away to be almost out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. 
I ran until I was off of the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He, he didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that was a very, very scary thing to see. The end. So. Negative. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Negative my, my friend. No, no, thank you. No. <laughs> like, okay, when I read that, it was the cartoon sneaking that got me. I was like, oh, shoot. No, 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 yeah. no. That's not okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, anyway. not, that's not fun. That's not going to be fun at all. I don't want to do this. Right? So, yeah. That was good. That was really good. I had read that a couple years ago. I found it again, and I just had to share it with everyone because it was kind of along the same creepy lines as, you know, these boogeymen. And this one was out, like, roaming the town. So, thought I would share Mm -mm. that. No, thank you. That's creepy. It's, uh-huh. there's, isn't there a new movie called Smile Out that's supposed to be like a horror movie? I don't know. I, think, I don't really I keep up our, with the horror uh, movies. Social I media think. managers have... I think one of our social media managers has seen it. Uh, it's a new horror movie called Smile. And it's like, I saw the preview for it, and it's just like a bunch of people just smiling at you. But they don't look oh, happy. You know what I mean? Yikes. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's that time in the podcast for us to listen to all of our comments. Yay. <laughs> and we have quite a few. All right. Let's see. I was saying, hi, girls. How y'all doing? Hi, Catholic. I hope you're doing good. I hope everything's great on your side. Hi, Sue. Hey. <laughs> I didn't hear you for like a couple of days. It was just like it seemed everybody was like a little busy, you know. I was busy, too. I'm being a chef. I'm, I'm, I've been a chef these past couple of days. You'd be proud of your girl. But Hi. Hi. (laughs) I too have been a chef these past couple of days. I've had uh, my house uh, taken over by boys who have been practicing for their Magic the Gathering tournament that they had tonight. So they are all currently off doing this Magic the Gathering tournament. And uh, the last couple of days that they have been at my house, I have been making Every meal, every thing that comes to their mind, I have been having to to make. And I would have to say my favorite one that I made to, was today, and it was roasted vegetables over a goat cheese cream sauce and mm. um, pan-seared lamb chops. My goodness. So what you're saying is I just need to eat over at your place more often. 
Yes, yes, you do. You need to tomorrow we're making kimbap. So from scratch, and this is going to be interesting because I've never made it before. Yeah, so I'm gonna gonna be making that tomorrow. It's almost like it's like a nigiri or um, seaweed sandwich. Oh, interesting. that sounds yeah. really good. Tomorrow when we got it done. Yeah, I even got pork belly to make, to like put in it. It's mm. going to be super yummy. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Right. I'm going over to your house tonight. The movie tomorrow. with the ghosts and the photographs was called Shudder. <laughs> yeah, you should. Shudder. Shudder. Okay. Thank you, Jesse. That, yes, that was the name. Shudder. And it was so good. You got to watch it. It's really good. Really, really good. Okay. I might have to check that one out. It sounds a lot like the pop-up book from the TV series mm. Evil that kind of highlights each episode. Hmm. Mm, that is also that a good show. It's a good show. You would like it. You would oh, definitely yeah? like it. You think it's so? A, it's a yeah. children's pop Okay, look. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt your comment, Tina. And this is why I'm saying you would like evil because it's a team. You've got a psychologist who doesn't believe in a female psychologist who doesn't believe in God. She's an atheist, right? She also like works uh, in tandem kind of volunteering ish with the police department. And she ends up working with a Catholic priest, same guy who played a, um, Luke, uh, gosh darn it. Luke something another on Netflix. Anyway, I can't remember his name, but he, and that was also a good show, but, um, he's the priest and then they have a tech guy who's, you know, does all the research and everything for them and it's about it's paranormal pretty much paranormal everything and it also deals with like serial killers and stuff too on the side but it's got a lot of paranormal aspects in it like like we were talking about tonight with the Babadook it's got a lot of psychology behind it like are we seeing these things because um, is it actually paranormal is it actually a vision from your god or goddess or what have you or is it a psychosis Ah, really good. I, I that's why I'm saying I, I think you would like. It out. I think you'd enjoy it. Yes, you will. You will, you have to. You got to do it. Okay, okay. back I to Tina's comment. That's right. It's a it's a children's pop up book. Let me let me let me end up having kids, and you know, little Timmy just coming on by. Hey, ma, I found a book. And did you get it for me? And it's a random pop-up book. I'm throwing that thing out. I'm burning it. I don't care. <laughs> no. No, little Timmy. No, we're not reading this. A pop, children's pop. See, this is why, this is why mom only had me read Dr. Seuss. This is exactly why. Now I understand. <laughs> I now understand. Mm-hmm. Mom only mm-hmm. had me read Dr. Seuss and, and and something else. I can't remember the other one. The little caterpillar one where it teach you uh, what the caterpillar eats mm. and, and what they do to get into the little cocoon to be a beautiful butterfly. Those are the only two. When I was a little, mm-hmm. little itty-bitty child. Mm-hmm. And I understand why. Yep. Mm. 
uh uh-uh. yes. public children's problem. Yeah. See, <laughs> you got to watch the movie because if you watch the movie Babadook, she tears that thing that book up and throws it away, and it ends up back into her house. And she also sets it on fire, and it ends up back in her house. But it's because they made the mistake of reading the book, so right. can't get rid of the Babadook. Also, mm-hmm. it's actually the Babadook fun. is a play on words. Is it really? Good. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Uh, the book. Fun fact about uh, Dr. Seuss is that he was also not just, you know, a writer of children's books and whatnot, but he was also a very, very talented painter, which, you know, you see the the artwork in his books, which he came up with, but he did like full-sized, full-scale paintings, which, interestingly enough, my sister has three of them, which I thought was kind of cool. Anyway. You mentioned. Ooh, ah, sorry. I just had to chime in there. Yes, Doctor Seuss is pretty cool, and he does do paintings. It's like Jim Hansen when he would make his little uh, clay models of his puppets and put them up in yeah. his house. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. All right. You can actually buy the book. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> you can actually buy yeah. the book. Six hundred dollars, though. Yes. Talk about sticker shock. I bet <laughs> not hear from none of y'all. I don't want to hear from Kellick. I don't want to hear from Sooth. I don't want to hear from Jesse. If I hear not one, if I hear one of y'all bought that book, I'm disowning. One hundred percent. I'm disowning. You better not. You better not. Look, look, Tina, look, Tina, Tina, look, I have to say, I want the book. I want the book. Am I going to spend $600 on the book? No. But if I can find it for less than $600, I absolutely will be buying this pop-up book. I'm just letting you know. Head attack right now. It's going to happen. I have to poke it. I have to. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Humans be. <laughs> What'd you say? I said Pandora the Explorer. Pandora the Explorer. Yes. Exactamundo. That would be it. <laughs> and this is actually something I can have. Like I can't I can't go out and poke like Bigfoot. You know, I can't find the rake. I'm not gonna go into the inner earth. I mean these are things that I mean it could happen. It could. If I tried hard enough, it could possibly actually happen. But this is a book that's like I can actually buy. So I plan on owning this book and I will post pictures when I do have it and just be like, Hey, look what I got. Oh boy. <laughs> I got the thing. You keep it all oh, yeah. on your side of the country. How about that? <laughs> going to happen okay dylan sorry i interrupted your comment we will try again humans being scarier than the supernatural creatures that's just like some supernatural dean says demons i get but humans what the hell (laughs) that is also why i love dean humans are unpredictable like A demon, you know, is going to be just evil. Like, you know what to expect. (laughs) 
It's it's got no varying degrees here. It's evil. Monsters, they can be mm-hmm. uh, misunderstood, obviously, like Bigfoot, for example. But like humans, we are unpredictable. We are fickle. We are we have highs. We have extreme lows. We're we're just complicated creatures. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. We are. We are. At least you can predict what a demon's going to do because it's a demon. Right. You know, or a poltergeist. It's in the name. What a poltergeist is going to do. It's going to trash your house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Much like a toddler, a demonic toddler. <laughs> but. <laughs> right, yeah. You just, you never know. You never know. Ever. Never, ever know. Okay. Moving on. We've got three left. What I we watched got? an animation of that exact story on YouTube. I don't remember the YouTuber's name, but yeah. Uh-uh. No. No, thank you. No, no thank you. <laughs> the smile. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's creepy, dude. That's just game. Right? Today, I yeah. cooked mushu pork on jasmine rice so it was like pork mm-hmm. with red cabbage Ooh. and um i forgot the sauce right off the top of my head sweet uh thai sauce chili sauce oh, and it was really really good everyone loved it and then for dinner i did um shrimp pasta with zucchini roasted um, pan no, not mm. it. Pan fried zucchini, pan fried shrimp with herb and garlic butter and Parmesan cheese, and they absolutely loved it. So, oh yeah, jeez, y'all fancy. Oh, I mean, that's... right? Teriyaki chicken sandwiches today. <laughs> I mean, it was good. <laughs> fancy. <laughs> It sounds good, though. I mean, we've been eating good lately. You know, we've all been eating good, apparently. <laughs> Let's hear this last comment. So I think it's funny that uh, seeing as Kelly does not like horror movies, she knows how to pick a really good horror story to read. <laughs> she knows how to scare people, but she don't like being scared herself. I, I see what she did there. I see what she did there. <laughs> I, it's not that I, you know I can't that? pick out a good story or a good movie. It's not that. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> also, stories, I can, like, I can stop reading. I can get to a point and be like, no, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this. But, like, a movie, once you see it, it's etched in there. It's burned into your brain. And, like, you can't get rid of it. So I'd rather just avoid that whole step and just go, nah, I'm good without it. I don't need it. So that's just me, though. Yeah. With with stories, you have an out. You have control of exactly. the situation that you are in. Control freak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> At least when it comes to horror stuff, yes. I am a control freak. You know, this reminds me. Yeah, you know, this reminds me, Kelly. You remind me of a joke. A oh, masochist and a thinking masochist in an elevator. Oh, boy. The masochist says, hurt me. The sadomasochist says, no. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, that is your the embodiment right there of Kellick. That is Kellick right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Mm-hmm. That's you. That's why I said you remind me of a joke. Dad. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm a sadomasochist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> I've known you long enough. I can put you in that genre. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And on that note. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh I'm sorry. On that note. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love that all of you have come out, that you have listened to your favorite Wednesday night podcast, that you have joined us and not only tuned in, but contributed. That is the fun that you contribute as you listen. You are contributing to the podcast with your comments and your stories. And we appreciate each and every one of you for being here tonight and taking place and part of this wonderful Babadook Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society story that we had tonight. So, grab the salt, check under your bed, and make sure you got a nightlight. Ladies and gentlemen and babies and everybody in between. We love you. Thank you so much for being here. And don't forget to join us Friday night for yet another creepy pasta for the 31 days of Halloween. Thank you so much. Have a great night, and we will see you Friday night. You all are awesome. Have a good night.